Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. This is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right into it. All right. So, uh, not much news this week, but one thing that we're both very excited for mm -hmm. is that they have confirmed One Punch Man Season 2 coming April 2019. One Punch Man Season 2. Huzzah! Um, I know that uh, some other shows that we've been interested in are uh, are coming out soon. Mm -hmm. Um what is it? Uh, Disenchanted comes out this Friday. Oh, that is Friday, isn't it? So there's that coming up, too. Um, mm -hmm. Anything on your mind? Anything on my mind? Well, how about the fact that I just barely pulled up my news feed on my phone here, and Blizzard has announced Diablo 3 for the Nintendo Switch. That's a biggin. Well, that's a biggin. I played Diablo 3 on the PS4 with some buddies and just had a blast. It was a lot of fun just doing couch co-op with uh, Diablo 3. Mm. Um, I may pick it up for the Switch just because I have some a bunch of friends who have the Switch. And it would be a lot of fun to play Diablo 3 on the go. It probably I need won't to last pick up very a long. Switch. You, you, you do. Okay. You do. Uh, patrons. Let's have some more patrons so uh, we can get my brother a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> this is all for you. All for you. It's, it's going to be $60, and it comes with um, Reaper of Souls and Rise of the Necromancer that are both um, expansions for the original game. So for those of you listening, yes, uh, join us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, help support us on our Patreon page, and if we get enough money... Uh, we may just start a uh, a Twitch stream where we're uh, playing things of this whole, nature. If yeah, if there's interest in a Twitch stream, then definitely that's something we can definitely pick up. Um, okay, uh, yeah, no, that literally just barely came up in my news feed, so I wasn't planning on talking about any news tonight, just because we've got a big show we want to go ahead and cover. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, and both of us want to go ahead and go back and watch more of it as soon as we're done recording this episode the first three episodes the reason we do a three episodes in is because it usually takes three episodes of an anime to really you know get into your get under your skin and get you into the what's going on i mean if you just give it one episode it's usually not enough but three mm -hmm. episodes can really hammer it home and for me this was also the case because what they did at the end of episode three well yeah, we'll be watching the rest of this as immediately as possible. <laughs> Alright, so let's go ahead and get right into it. So what are we watching this week? This week we are watching... <clears throat> Excuse me. This week we are watching Nisekoi. And Nisekoi translates in uh, from Japanese into English as false love. Um... Like, Nisei Mono is like a liar or a fake, you know? Okay. Uh, mono meaning, uh, like, a physical object, physical person type thing. And Nisei is false. So, mm. Koi is, like, love between two people. Um, so, Nisei Koi is false love. Yes. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and give you the um, uh, the synopsis that was taken from Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, Raku Ichijo 
is an average high school student. He also happens to be the sole heir to the head of a Yakuza family called the Shuemigumi. <laughs> the Shuemigumi. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, Rocco made a promise, a secret promise, with a girl he met. They promised one another, one another they will get married when they reunite. Since then, Rocket never let go of the pendant the girl gave him. Now, that sounds like a very um, standard... All of that information gets covered in the first five minutes of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's really not enough to get to sell you on what the selling point of this show really is. Yeah, it's not the best synopsis. It's all true, and it also comes across as kind of a dry synopsis for, you know, just kind of a, a drama. This is not a drama at all. There no. are tense moments, but the tense moments are because of the comic gold that we have here. And let's go ahead and just jump into the first three episodes of this amazing show, Nisekoi. All right. So this show starts off with um, our main character, uh, Ichijo, mm-hmm. cooking. And he's going through the motions of doing all this cooking um, in a what looks like a professional uh, chef's kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um Possibly at a restaurant. It just it's very professional, very, a very large kitchen for producing large meals, and he's in there alone, and he's doing a master, masterful job, doing all the things necessary to prep mm-hmm. these amazing meals, um, alone, and then because it's anime, and anime mm-hmm. has the uh, the magical power of making anything look hyper cool and hyper interesting. Mm-hmm. He even discards his hat and apron and chef's um, coat. I don't know what that is even yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And he discards it and it automatically hangs itself up in, mm. in, in, on a hanger in a closet nearby. Um, kind of then, showing that he's a master in the kitchen. He is he is mm-hmm. a grandmaster of, uh, of the kitchen, of the culinary arts. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, then he peeks his head out of the kitchen and says, hey, you scum, and turns, uh, your breakfast is ready. Mm-hmm. And we see several shots of what's got to be 30 Yakuza henchmen. All going, hey! <laughs> and they've got like, you know, they've got the scars and like the tattoos and they all just look super, you know, super like, intense and tough. Yes. And... You're, you're thinking, this guy's way outnumbered. How is he getting away with saying this to these guys? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take even a second for them to completely break character and go, Oh, the young master is a brilliant at cooking. He absolutely loves these breakfasts. I think we're spiking on the audio a little Are bit. We? Yep. All right. Let's just turn it down just a little bit. I can do it here. Turn down the game a little bit. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Okay, that should be better. Yeah. Sorry about that. We weren't trying to spike the audio. We're doing some trying to experiment and get some better sound quality for you guys who've been listening to the um, to the podcast. Um, things are just a little bit out of balance there. It's all right. We'll make okay. it work. Yeah, we'll make it work. All right. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's how that. So this cooking montage ends with the uh, the entire Yakuza clan to basically mm-hmm. saying how the boss's kid, the heir to the Yakuza clan, is absolutely. A brilliant chef, and they can't. W- and they all love him to death. They all absolutely adore him, and they're saying, "We can't wait for you to take over the family. You're going to be so great as being the as being the the leader of this clan." And he's like, "How many times do I have to tell you guys? I have no interest in becoming a yakuza. I'm going to go. 
I'm going to go to a prestigious university, and then I'm going to become a civil servant, and I am going to head forward on the straight and narrow, looking directly into the sun. <laughs> Pretty much. And they're all, they all just adore him, so no matter what he says, they just eat up the words. So, yeah, I like just... He's, he's so great. Mm-hmm. The, just the sheer love that the Yakuza thugs have for Raku is just incredible. Uh, so... Uh, he, the next bit is that he, after that, he goes off to school, but right before he, le he leaves, his dad says, oh, um, in the next couple of days, I'm going to have something really important to talk to you about, so make sure you've got some time. And Rock was just like, uh, oh, that's kind of weird, but okay, sure. And so he goes off to school, and um, he gets to school, and he pulls out the locket that we saw in yeah. the opening montage, where he gets the locket from the little girl, from the little girl that he met when he was a little boy. Where they promise to marry each other. Yep. Um, and he's just kind of sp absentmindedly spinning this locket around, and you know that that uh, that speaks to me because back in high school I was such a nerd that I bought a. Um, and this was before the Lord of the Rings movies had even come out. I bought a ring and a, a copper ring and a copper chain from a, a dollar store, mm -hmm. and I wore around. I wore the one ring around. Yeah. You know, and the people who knew what it was thought that it was awesome. Most people had no idea. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, Lord of the Rings came out in 2001 was the first movie, I want to say. Yes. Yeah. And, so, you know, I started, I was doing that my, um, my junior year when I was doing that. So that was 99 when I started doing that. Uh -huh. So it was, it was a bit before. You had a couple of years mm -hmm. of doing it beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I would, you know just as kind of to fidget i would spin it around the chain absolutely you know it drove dad crazy <laughs> well, of course it drove dad crazy because you're spinning around this metal thing in a room full of glass tables yep mm -hmm. and uh yep anyways <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh, uh we then meet um chitoge I believe that's how it's spelled. Yeah, Chitoge. Chitoge. Um, we see this blonde girl running to school, complaining about how she's going to be late. She's got the, the toast in her mouth. Oh, they, they play up the toast in the mouth trope. Mm -hmm. It's just a montage of quick cuts. And, and... she just, she just uh, she's running. And then not only is she running, but in order to get a better chance of getting over the school fence, because that's what her goal is, she backs up and starts doing gymnastic flips and stuff. Oh yes, her they they do extreme close-ups of the footwork that she's doing and mm -hmm. the, the and uh, silhouettes of the postures that she's mm -hmm. adopting to try to get over this. And she very jumps, acrobatic. She jumps over the fence with a spin. The bread flies out of her mouth. She catches it again and like like a dolphin leaping out like of like a dolphin leaping out of a pool. <laughs> yep, just gunk, grabs it again and then she jumps over the fence. And as she's coming down, knees first. Um, Raku looks up and sees her and she notices Raku just as she's coming down and she knees him right in the face and his locket just goes flying. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't realize it till later later in the episode. Yeah, the, the, the concussion may have uh, mm -hmm. made him forget that he didn't have it on him. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, she says, sorry, I'm running late. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm going to be late. And so she just gets up and just runs off and leaves him there. And he goes to class and he opens up the door and he's just got blood coming out of his nose. And he's got the bruise on his across his nose. And, um, and that's when we're introduced to the brunette. That's when we're introduced to the brunette. Um, ono, Onodera Kosaki. Um, but he just calls her Onodera. 
uh, and Ono Ono um, she gets super worried about him, and she takes the bandaid a uh, bandaid out and puts it over his nose and says, "No, it can get infected. You got to take care of this." And so she puts a bandaid over it. And she's a super sweet girl, yeah. and he's completely into her, and he realizes that this is the first time he's ever been this close to her, mm-hmm. and so he freaks out about it. Um, I, I I think it's at this moment, but uh, there, there there's a scene where she praises him. And he suddenly and cut to him running faster than a bullet train. That's episode three. Is that happening? That's episode but, three. But, the, but these things keep happening to him where it goes into his imagination. I'm mm-hmm. trying to remember what the, what the clip was. There's nothing really fa- fancy about the first time. It's just that he's kind of standing there. Um, and then there, there's all these hearts around him. Like That's these true. artistic hearts. Yes, and his best friend who, in the first few episodes, this guy is supposedly Raku's best friend. And we've never learned his name. His name is never spoken. Like, we even get clips where it's like the commercial break and we'll show a character and we'll show their name. His has never shown up. (laughs) So, I don't know at this point if that's just going to be a running gag that he's the best friend that we never learn what his name is. Um, Or, you know, they just haven't had a chance to really reveal what his name is yet. Mm. Even though they've had plenty of opportunities. Um... But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> so his, his best friend says, uh, good for you. Cause he's totally, he's totally aware that, you know, he's into Onodera. Mm-hmm. Um, so we then cut to class. <laughs> uh, we cut to class and, uh, and, the and teacher he's just says, daydreaming. He just got the, the silliest, uh, expression on so his face. He was so happy to be so close to mm-hmm. Onodera and. She touched my face. Uh-huh. Pretty much. And, uh, and, um. The teacher comes in and says, "Class, we have a new we have a transfer student starting today." Everyone's like, "That's weird. It's a weird time of year to have a transfer student." And she says, "Come on in." And it's uh, Chitoge. Mm-hmm. And Chitoge comes in, and um, who, by appearance, by the way, is blonde with pink tips. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she's the long. She's got long blonde hair with pink tips, mm-hmm. and our other girl is the brunette with the short hair with like there's like one long strand. Yeah, she's got like the one long strand. Like we saw that in Lane and stuff like that, where there yeah. was just the one long strand. Um, but um, yeah, she comes in, introduces herself, says that she's great at Japanese, so don't worry about holding back and becoming friends with me. And the teacher and everyone's like, oh well, she's she's amazing. She's half Japanese. Her mom's Japanese. Her dad's American. Yeah. Moved over, moved back to Japan to Japan for business. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, the teacher says, "Okay, that's great. How about for now? How business. about <laughs> for business?" <laughs> and, and so the mom says, um, "Or not the mom. The teacher says, uh, well, how about you just for now go ahead and just find a seat at the back, and we'll, um, and you know, and we'll go ahead and get started with the class." And she says, "Okay." And then it cuts to Raku finally realizing who the transfer student is, and they both recognize each other instantly. Now, you were telling me before that in Japanese society, everybody wears masks, and mm-hmm. and the fewer masks you wear with somebody, the closer they are to each other. Yeah. And how do these two start behaving around each other? Like old enemies. <laughs> they no start, pretense. No pretense, no nothing. They just immediately start hurling insults at each other. And he says, you're the barbarian woman, and the entire class just goes... Barbarian, you know, and then she's like, "Oh, you're that spindly little dweeb," or you know, or with some like, "You're the bean, bean you're, sprout, you're that bean sprout, bean sprout," and so they just start hurling insults back and forth. Have... And this is one of the things I love about this show. This show has such great visual 
aids and visual humor. Um, when she was introduced to the class, um, it's very obvious that uh, Raku was sitting near the back. But um, when she is introduced to the class, it's, um, you see a shot from behind of her and you see just a massive amount of space mm-hmm. uh, between her, the wall, and the class. And the entire class is up and cheering and just being super happy and excited about it. Well, it then cuts to the two of... When the two of them are arguing, the only furniture in the entire room is the desk that Raku is sitting at. Mm-hmm. And then it's her standing in front of that. And the classroom is bare, except for the two of them arguing at each other. We see it from the side. And then we see the classroom as like heads in the f- up front as if they were an audience watching a show. <laughs> um, yeah, the show just has amazing visual humor and visual aids to go along and just help add to the scenes and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, but anyways... Um, they have a montage... They have a, a sequence of scenes that each one of them starts with a... The first time he met her. The second time he met her. Mm-hmm. The eleventh time they met. Mm-hmm. It just And it just keeps getting worse and worse every single time. I'm trying to remember, I think this is in episode one where um, they, uh, that's, yeah, it's during gym class, during episode one. Yes. And um, yeah, so, she... So he, he after, no, well, it's not, it's before gym class is when he realizes that he doesn't have the locket anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when he demands that she help him look for it because it's her fault that it got lost. Yep. And she's like, you were the one who's spinning around. Why wouldn't have lost it if you hadn't need me in the face when you were jumping over the fence, you know? So, and she, out of, you know, obligation, she agrees to help him, but she doesn't like it a bit. No. Um, and she, uh, she says to him, I don't like people who hold on to stupid things from the past, mm. you know? And that really, really, you know, gets him. Because it's that necklace is that locket is very important to him, and it's about a part of his past, a promise that he's holding on to. Yes. Um, now, then at gym class, mm-hmm. at gym class, <laughs> we see her do more amazing acrobatic stuff, and he actually like during their first argument, there's just some there's uh, in front of the entire class when they first when she first comes into class, um, there's this amazing argument. Or amazing shot where he's wants to say something so badly, and then it just zooms in through his eye and into his brain and into his into like his very cells, the fabric of himself, and something snaps. Yes, and it, it, lo- it looks like an aneurysm has mm-hmm. just happened. And then it cuts back to him, and he just says, "You monkey woman." <laughs> <laughs> and it that's when she gor- strikes him. And the subtitles the- keep reading "gorilla," mm-hmm. but yes. And he punches, uh, she punches him in front of the entire class. <laughs> so, um, but he, uh, and so we cut back to gym class and she does this amazing, amazing routine on the balance bars, mm-hmm. um, showing that she's just got this amazing gymnastic skill. And everyone's like, oh, that's incredible. And he's sitting on the far side of the field with his best friend. And his best friend's like, man, how did you ever, like, when did you get so close to her? He's like, well, I'm not close with her. She's terrible. You know? Um, and he just, and he sees her do this amazing routine and he's kind of, you know, it looks like he's looking at her with respect for the first time, mm-hmm. but he's just like, man, she's more and more like a monkey every minute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then she hurls a 
a dumbbell at his face from across the field from across the field she's chucked this thing against his face and then she throws an oil barrel at him and he gets out of the way and then we see her running at him with an oil barrel when he's like shouting for her to stop and I just realized the Donkey Kong reference (laughs) (laughs) yeah She throws an oil barrel at him like that. that mm-hmm. That's not helping your case. That's not helping your case. That's not helping your case, sweetie. <laughs> oh, this show. This show is amazing. <laughs> hmm. Anyways, um, they uh. So uh, we go back and forth between school and home and stuff like that. While he's looking for the pendant and she's helping him and stuff. Um. And he's he's thinking about how she just almost always instantly turns to violence. You know, she's like she's such a terribly violent person. What kind of an environment was she raised in, to where she would just turn to violence so quickly? And then it cuts to behind him, a couple of yakuza coming in, all bruised up and beaten. It's like that gang is back. They put, that's the third time this week. Ah, we'll show them what the, we'll show them what four boys. And he's just like, actually, no, no, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> And then she, um, anyways. And then um, it cuts to, this is the point where it does say, mm -hmm. the 11th time they met. Mm -hmm. And he's walking down the halls of his own home, Mm -hmm. which is this beautiful. Oh, wait, wait, not yet. They find the pendant first. That's true. That's Well, well, they they go searching for, okay. So Mm -hmm. they spend a lot of time searching for the pendant. Mm -hmm. And there's a major argument Mm -hmm. between the two of them. Before this happens, though, I want to talk about the scent that he that he smells she walks by him one one day after they argue about something she mm-hmm. just walks by and he gets this nostalgic scent coming off of her and something there's all these very familiar am- about that yeah smell. what is there's that some smell? amazing like hints that maybe this is the girl that you met way back then you know mm. um and any but anyways um that's something i just wanted to mention just the the the, the fun hints and stuff that they drop uh throughout um Stuff that could very possibly obvious, possibly be obvious to the audience and not obvious to Raku. But anyways, um, they get into they're out there searching one day, and that's when she says, "I can't stand a, a guy who uh, can't let go of the past." Yes. And Onodeta has come has her committee meeting. She's part of the student council or something like that. Mm. Um, she it's left. It ended early, and so she's like, oh, well, maybe I can go ahead and help uh, Raku find his uh, necklace, his pendant. Mm-hmm. And so she she runs in on them just as Raku yells at um, Chitoge. And he yells at her, um, and they get into this huge fight, and the fight is, once again, reflected in just the scenery, scenery around them, and a storm starts as she... As, um, He's like, if he's like, fine, don't bother about helping me. Just go away. And she says, fine. And she just goes off. And um, she, um, Onodera wants to say something, but then Raku says to herself, I can't believe I yelled at a woman like that. You know? Um, and that's kind of where that bit ends. And then fast forward a little bit, and um, he. Uh, it's like the next morning he's talking to Onodera. Mm hmm. I don't know if it's the next morning. I think it's the next afternoon. Mm. 
um, he's talking with Onodetta, and Onodetta says, oh, hey, Chitoge, uh, or they don't call each other by their last names, or first names, but whatever. But she's, she says, Chitoge is looking for you. And he's like, what What on earth would that monkey want to do with me? And it cuts to Chitoge, and she's winding up like a pit, baseball pitcher. Yes. And she throws this thing at him, slams it in his head, against his head. The, it leaves a trail of light, and it's mm-hmm. just this amazing baseball pitch that mm-hmm. is... Perfect in every way. It's right the kind of baseball the, pitch you'd see. Eyes. It's the kind of baseball pitch you'd see in Dragon Ball Z. Just a, you know, yeah. <laughs> right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. And did I spit on you? No, you're okay. fine. <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. I just, I have cats. Oh, gotcha. Um, but he, uh, he's about to yell at her when he realizes that she threw the pendant at him, and she walks away. Um, and she, and Onodera says, oh, um, she, she kept looking for it mm-hmm. and she kept, um, she kept looking for it when you weren't around because she didn't want to see you. She didn't want you to see her looking for it. Yeah. Um, and then he starts thinking to himself, well, maybe she's not that bad of a person after all. And he goes home that day and that's when we see the 11th time they met and it's painted in very, very stylized Japanese on the doors, or on the doors of the hallway in his house. Mm-hmm. And his dad that's when his dad grabs him and says, "Oh, uh, that's time for that very important meeting that I talked to you about." <laughs> yes, and his dad, uh, his dad drops the bombshell that mm-hmm. this, uh, this, uh, this gang from the states has moved in to their mm-hmm. territory. Yeah, and, and they, say, they say they they call them gangsters. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. so that so it's just it's interesting that the subtitles call one side gangsters and the other side yakuza, which well, makes me think that it's a foreign. Entity it is. It, in. Yeah, it's um, in episode the opening of episode two, um, they very very strongly hint that it's the mob that's been moving in. The mob. Um, as a and they, but they just I don't like I don't think they have a word for the mob in Japanese, so the word that they use is gang. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it translates into English. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Yakuza, the Yakuza and the Mob are two very called, different organizations. Yes. <laughs> well, their Yakuza organization is going to have a full-out war with what's called the... Um, the the Beehive, Beehive Gang. And the only way that they can stop the war with the Beehive Gang is if you agree for the next three years to pretend to be the boyfriend... Mm-hmm. Of his, uh, well, of their do- of their leader's daughter. They don't let three years slip until after they introduce who the girlfriend's gonna be. Yes, <laughs> they think it's gonna only last for a couple of weeks, <laughs> but he just says, "What? No, Dad, no, I can't, no, I can't do that." And the dad turns and says, "Oh, do you have a girlfriend already?" <laughs> you know, just big blushing face. It's like, no, I don't. Well, fine, then you'll be good because this is the only way we can stop a war. And because the, the son wants to stop the war, he doesn't want. Well, yeah, because he's he knows all of these guys. He's made them breakfast. He mm-hmm. loves them, even mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to be one of them when yeah. he grows up. Mm-hmm. They're his family, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but he um. He's like, but it's okay. The le- it turns out the lead, and but the boss says this after usher after having the yakuza thugs, the soldiers ushered out. Ushered out. Yes. So it's just him and the son. Yes. Um, and he says, it turns out the leader of the beehive gang is an old friend of mine, and he has a daughter just your age. 
And so you two are going to date. And he's just like, wait, what? No, dad, I can't do that. That's terrible. And then uh, the dad walks over and that's when he hears her voice. And the slow dawning realization on his face. Uh-huh. And that it's distorts just... his vision. Uh-huh. Like, every once in a while, the, the, the show goes into manga mode. Mm-hmm. Where it just pans around. From mm-hmm. panel it's to very panel. much like Foodie Kitty like that, where it yes. just goes into manga mode. Um, but he just kind of realizes it. And then, like, he hears the voice of Chitoge. And he's just like, and then it suddenly all fit together. The reason that she was so violent the reason for her you know for the fact that she came to school she transferred schools at such a weird time and i was a fine and that scent that she had the scent of gunpowder <laughs> <laughs> oh gunpowder smell that brings me back well and but he couldn't <laughs> place it at first he's like that's a weird smell it just kind of takes me back you know yes and yeah so that that's one that's why i wanted to make sure we brought up the scent because yes. it's such a great twist of expectations where you think oh it's gonna smell like the girl that you know of, of his memories with the girl yeah no it smells it smells like gunpowder yeah. <laughs> totally and then does. the dad opens the door and the girl's just like what i don't want to do this no no I'm, my heart isn't prepared for it. what and then they both see each other and they're just like no and then they're just like yeah um we need you two to pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend for three years and then it shows like a calendar montage of just like three years going by and they're just like and that's what happened to my high school life (laughs) and then that's the end of episode one and then episode one ends with them playing the opening credits Mm -hmm. which you then realize are the opening credits because the episode two starts with them again Mm -hmm. and it's a nice little uh it's kind Same. of I kind of enjoyed the opening and closing credits for this one. Um, there are a couple of spoilers here and there for it. Like I really don't I really don't like it when opening credits have spoilers in them, especially when they're obvious ones. Right. I mean, I've already talked about the One Piece opening credits where they had Robin, a member of the Straw Hats, before she but while she was still a villain in the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a pretty obvious spoiler in the opening credits that they are there are two keys. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, come on, guys. Why did you do that? <laughs> Two yeah. keys for the one locket, and we don't know which one opens the locket. Um, but the yep. opening credits I did enjoy because it focuses a lot on um, Raku, on Raku, and the closing credits focuses on Ch- Chitoge. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's kind of interesting that they did that. Um, but anyways, I love the opening of episode two because um, if you've ever watched a trailer for a Yakuza movie. It's like a shot-for-shot shot recreation of those trailers, what shows like one scene and then like, you know, uh, calligraphy uh, kanji, like, you know, across the screen, bam, 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 and then another shot and then bam, 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 you know, um, and that's what it was. It showed like Yakuza and then uh, Sicily, or I don't know if it was Sicily, but it was something that was heavily implied that it was the mob. Uh-huh. Um, uh, just like the opening for episode two is very much like a recreation of a, a trailer for a Yakuza movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Oh man, this show. <laughs> so the opening, uh, so episode two opens with the realization that there's going to be a war between these two organizations and the entire side of this guy's house gets blown out mm-hmm. by <coughs> The mob. Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as they pretty much say, yeah, we want you two to date, the, uh, you know, 
the the kids start arguing back and forth. They're just like, no, that's a terrible idea. Why on earth would I want to date her? Why on earth would I want to date him? He's a horrible person, you know? And then sudden, and they're like, but if you guys don't date, war is going to break out. And they're just like, it's not, it couldn't be that bad. And then all of a sudden, boom, the side of the house explodes and in come the mob. <laughs> it becomes a very, very serious situation. Mm-hmm. Because we have all, of, because the mob thinks the Yakuza kidnapped the blonde, Jishoge. Mm-hmm. And so they came to rescue her. Mm-hmm. And that's when, oh, you're mistaken. That's, a, well, that's well, an easy they, enough mistake they, they, to understand. They walk in, actually, and then and, the Yakuza and, join in as well, and like, they're like, they're about oh, to... Oh, you've like, crossed the line. How far do you think you'll let you go with this? Mm-hmm. You have crossed the line. And Pretty much. Will, blood will be spilled. And so they're ready to kill each other when the dads bring the kids together. Uh-huh. Well, and then at the exact same time... Well, they, they, they talk to the... The, like, uh, oh, that's the, a simple mistake to yeah, make. Because, she wasn't actually there's kidnapped. A guy, there's a guy with silver hair and glasses mm-hmm. is the head enforcer of the mob under the main boss. Claude is his name. Claude. Mm-hmm. Claude is there ready to do battle with the Yakuza and wipe them out for daring to kidnap this this precious little girl mm-hmm. that he's watched over his entire life. Or for her entire life. Um then, then and he, he doesn't, rea- realize, he doesn't that... realize his own boss is like, oh, boss, what are you, what doing, are you doing here? Uh huh. It's like, <laughs> That's these when... two are actually dating. We gave them our blessings. They, what? Huh? They, huh? They push the kids into each other and both dads at the same time, and I quote, say, these two are a couple who are totally hot for each other. Mm-hmm. They both utter that exact same phrase at the exact same time. And the, uh, the, uh, at first it's the Yakuza who said, like, the, the Yakuza and the mob are both, both just like, wait, what? And then the Yakuza walk over to the young master and they're just like, they we're Im- so proud of they you. They immediately break down into tears and just, they're so happy for him. They're just like, <laughs> we were so worried about you because you hadn't had a girlfriend yet this entire time, but now you've got a girlfriend who's a total hottie. Way to go. <laughs> and uh, he, he says, wait, no, why on earth would I be d- dating this gorilla woman? And uh, she says, yeah, why would I date this bean sprout? That's terrible. And then you hear a, a gunshot goes off and hits the wall right next to Raku's head. Yeah. And it's a it's revealed that it's Cloud. And Cloud says, what did you say about our precious, uh, lead, our, do- our leader's precious daughter? And then... Um, and then the katana. And then the leader of the thugs, of the, of the Yakuza thugs buries a katana in the wood just and it stops just inches from chitoge's neck and he said what did you call our young master <laughs> and they both realize we're dead if we don't do something right now and so they immediately put up the act about being lovey lovey dovey and how oh i just meant that she's graceful and beautiful like a gorilla <laughs> <laughs> she's just adorable like a gorilla she's adorable like a gorilla like and he's like, yeah, and I happen to love bean sprouts. They're my favorite vegetable or something like that, you know? They, 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 they backpedal as quickly as they can, mm-hmm. as awkwardly as they can. Mm-hmm. And the Yakuza fall for it immediately. And most of the of the mob fall for it as well. Um, all except for Cloud. Cloud isn't buying it completely. And um, they, after they pretend to... Um, after they pretend to be a couple for that night, um, 
and everybody's gone off. The two of them are sitting on the, a staircase outside, and um, they're just talking back and forth. And he's and she says, "By the way, what on earth is that pendant? Like, why was it so important to you?" And he explains how it was a promise that I made with somebody, you know, um, uh, you know, it was a promise that I made to somebody uh, ten years ago, and I wanted to keep that promise. And that's when it's revealed that she's like, oh, I don't, but he's like, but you don't care about stuff like that. And she's like, actually, no, uh, I don't care. W what upsets me is when people can't let go of the past, when they let it control them. Yeah, or no, no, mostly grudges. Grudges and things like that. That's what she can't stand. Um, but she actually likes romantic ideas like that. And she's got this adorable smile on her face. And, you know, that's when he realizes that she can be cute, too. But they immediately ruin it for each other by, you know, continuing to talk and just be terrible to each other. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to remember, does the date come first or does no, their it, confrontation at school come the, first? It's the, the next morning. Uh-huh. Oh, confrontation at school. No. I, no meaning I, 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 Claude stalking them at school. Claude doesn't stalk them. Okay, no, the date comes first. Because okay. what happens is he wakes up early That's in the right. morning. He wakes mm -hmm. up early mm -hmm. in the morning and then he's saying hi to all the Yakuza. Like, morning no, young They, morning they young say master, somebody's Jordan. here for you. And he's like, morning young. Yeah. And he's walking past all the Yakuza doing their morning routines of like brushing their teeth and gargling and stuff like that. Yeah. Because the house is just cr crowded with too many oh, yeah, Yakuza. Yeah. And so he goes to the front door and it does this panning shot from the feet up of this girl. In a beautiful summer dress mm -hmm. with the bright, and then it gets to her face, and her face doesn't match the picture at all. Her face is this... extremely nervous and nerve wracking. <laughs> He's just like, "Hello, darling, would you like to go on a date?" I'm sorry, right I'm now, show right now, yeah, because right behind her is Claude. Who insists on observing them dating because he's not convinced. <laughs> Hello, darling, would you like to go on a date with me? I'm sorry for the short notice, but would you like to go on a date with me? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, that's right, and they go out on a date, and they just can't handle it. They, they he keeps walking, and she just collapses in tears and stuff. And you just cut, and like he's glancing around, and he sees Yakuza guys watching them from like behind cars and stuff. Yeah, and there's just some great visual gags, like being observed by everybody. By everybody, like it's a scene where you could probably watch it without sound at all and subtitles, and still know exactly what's happening, just because of the great visual gags. Um, especially with uh, like, there's this great shot of Cloud in an alleyway watching them. Right next to a poster that says no stalking. <laughs> oh, man. And he's just like, oh, now, crap, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Now, now, what's great is, uh, so on this date, mm -hmm. they end up going to the movies. And mm -hmm. the two of them don't agree on what movie to watch. Because she wants to watch the action film that has mm -hmm. the greatest explosion she's ever seen. Mm -hmm. And he wants to watch the tearjerker. <laughs> that are the guaranteed you need at least four Kleenexes to get through this. Yep. There is a, real fast though, one, another one of my favorite parts is that um, Raku is just like, I don't know what to do on a date. Like, I've never gone on a date with anybody before. Why on earth, like, what on earth am I supposed to do? And then he thinks, oh, wait, no. What about all the times I daydreamed about going on a date with, uh, with, um, with Onodetta? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Onodetta. And, um... He just, and then he has, like, well, the first thing we do is we go to, uh, 
we'd go to a cafe, then we'd go to a movie, and she'd cling to me because it'd be too scary, and then we'd go to uh, have we'd have a great dinner together, and then we'd uh, go on for, go for a walk in the park and wrap up. And he's like, okay, let's go ahead and do that. He goes to a coffee shop. She hates the beans they're using. Um, they go to a movie, and then they have the argument about what movie to watch, and then finally they pick a movie that's supposed to be like a romantic movie for couples, and she sleeps through it. Yep. Um, they go to dinner, and she complains about it the entire time, but like it's a... But then continually orders more and more but, plates. She has like 20 plates stacked around her, mm-hmm. 20 or 30. And then they wind up in the park. <laughs> yep, then they wind up in the park. Now, at some point, oh, no, that's before, right the park, before the park... Mm-hmm. They get separated for a time. Some... She he she sends him to go get her a soda. Yes. Because she's thirsting. He's like, fine, I'll do it. And he just goes off. Um, and that's right. That's when she starts standing. That's when she gets approached by the by the Yeah, so a quartet, a quartet of punks um, starts surrounding her and start propositioning her. Hey, let's have a good time. You're, you're here by yourself. And she's getting madder and madder and madder. And she moments before and she is just about to lay waste to these boys for harassing her Mm -hmm. and there are some yakuza guys nearby the the mob guys are actually nearby too like because these guys might end up being completely toast Mm -hmm. because clyde isn't nearby as well Mm -hmm. and that is when ichijo uh Raku, mm-hmm. uh, rushes in, stands between her and the guys as she's about to throw the first punch and has to stop herself from hitting him. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs and says, oh, I'm sorry, we got separated. She doesn't speak a word of Japanese. You'll excuse us. And then runs off with her. Mm-hmm. With her in tow. With her in tow. Mm-hmm. And so, in my mind, I'm just thinking, he just saved those four guys' lives. Mm-hmm. And they may never know. Yeah, yeah, because it wasn't just her that was ready to attack them; it was the the mob who was preparing to attack them as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that was adorable. Mm-hmm. Well, and then they end up in the park, um, and uh, she says, "I could have taken care of myself." And he says, "Yeah, you could have. I don't doubt that." But you got to pick your battles. But you have to pick your battles. Fighting people like that makes you know better than people like that. And uh, she blushes for herself and like. Um, she goes off to the bathroom and he says, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to the bathroom. Stop asking. And then while she's going to the bathroom, he's just starts thinking to himself, how on earth did this? And he starts, he's talking out loud thinking, how on earth did this happen to me? Why am I on a date with her? Oh, I'd much so much rather be on a date with Onodore. Oh, she's so much nicer than Chitoge. Um, and uh, it turns out Onodore is standing right next to him. But she was. She saw him, and she came up to him just in time for her to hear, her to hear him say her name. So, like, oh, did you see me? Were you? you I heard you call out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What like, were you thinking about? Yeah. What were you thinking about? You know, and it freaks him out all the more. And he's just like, crap. I've got to tell her. You know, but if I tell her, she might be in danger because these guys are going to come on, come across us, and you know, kill and maybe kill me. Uh, for it and probably kill her as well but she is the one person in the entire world i do not want thinking i am in love with chitoge um and she uh and, and that's as, when we cut to the bathroom and chitoge is just cleaning wiping you know cleaning her hands and grumbling and complaining about um <laughs> about raku and she overhears the yakuza saying man they don't seem lovey-dovey at all they're much way different 
more different than they were at, at yeah, the they house. Yeah, about griping and complaining. And... Yeah, I mean, something weird's going on. I don't know. I don't think they're lovey dovey couple at all. And she's just getting more and more freaked out because, yeah, they're catching on that it's an act. And so she goes out of the bathroom, like, reinvigorated to fake this relationship. Because she knows for sure how many people are watching. Uh-huh. And she runs up and says, oh, I'm so sorry I kept you waiting, my darling. <laughs> so she says, she didn't reckon, she didn't know that Onodori was there until right after she says, my darling. Um, and Onodori's just like, wait, wait, did, did she just say darling? Does that mean you two are a couple? Are, are you two on a date? And that completely crushes Raku. And Raku is trying his hardest. He knows he can't say it, but he doesn't want her to know. And so it's destroying him. So he's trying. But she he's is trying his but hardest. But Toge is just close. doubling down because she knows they are dead if this gets out. And so she keeps step like he's about to say something, and she jumps in front of him and, and changes it. And <laughs> she's he's about to blurt it out, and she stomps on his foot and says, "Oh wait, no, that's right. There's something that I remembered I have to do. Uh, I'll go on ahead. I'll see you later." You know. And then she does this this walk. What what is that walk? I've seen it in anime a bunch of times. It's where they, just they, it's just an, blade. it's just an angry comic walk, just a walking away you know okay i don't know if it actually has a name or if it's an homage to something um if anybody does know let us know yes. <laughs> but she, she does this walk that's very animated where she's like kind of hunched down and her arms are out and her legs are like her legs really bow-legged and yeah. yeah real bow-legged and stuff like that um but she uh yeah and though and so um this entire time um Raku has been really, really upset because he's been wanting to talk to, um, he's been wanting to talk to Onodore about the locket because uh, he had kind of this, the, this feeling that she knows about it, mm -hmm. and so he asks, he finally asks her when it's just the two of them, and he says, "Oh, um, by the way, that necklace that that I got back the other day, have you ever seen it before?" And she panics a little bit, um, but then she says, "No, I've never seen it before in my entire life." And reading her body language, you get the feeling that mm -hmm. she very much, she, she likes him, but doesn't want to get in the way of the relationship he's in right now. And so she's mm -hmm. attempting to be mm -hmm. diplomatic by lying outright at this moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, not trying to get in between mm -hmm. them. And she goes off, and he ends up, and he goes after Chitoge again. Um, I'm trying to remember how the date ends. Um. Oh, that's right. Um, she's complaining that it took him so long, and he's offering her some bean cakes. Yes. Um, he's like, here, I love these things. Uh, it's my way of apologizing to you uh, for just now. And she's like, wait, what are these? He's like, they're really, really good. Like, you shouldn't, like, they're not from my favorite place, but these ones are still really good. And she's like, oh, okay. And she opens up the bag. And she's like, oh, the things that I hate. <laughs> Once again, showing how completely opposite those two are. Yes. Um, and then it cuts to the brunette's house. Onodore. Onodore. I mean, that's her last name. Her first name is, let me go ahead and pull it up here. Whoops. I don't want that one. I want... And Onodore goes... Kosaki. Kosaki goes into her room. And it goes home. Goes into her room. And collapses on her bed and says, I just told him a lie. 
now it's going to be even harder to confess to him. Mm-hmm. Well, and she she goes over to her desk, and this is something that I thought was absolutely adorable. She has a picture of him on her desk, and it's this picture of somebody winning a race at school, um, and and not him. Yeah, well, and then the camera zooms up and shows him in dead last, just like him struggling just to complete the race. <laughs> and she ha- that's the only picture she has of him, and it's a picture of him losing a race. But she adores it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's like, so, I lied to him, and now it's going to be that much harder for me to tell him the is, truth. Is it that point that she pulls out the key? Yeah, she's... Yeah, she's she, she reveals that she has... That she she's has one the of the key. two girls with the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the end, that's the end of episode two. Episode three starts with an extended part of, an extended, um, flashback of what happened before. It uh-huh. shows a girl reading a book crying, <laughs> and he decides that he's going, uh, that to help her feel better, he rewrites the ending of her, he's like, why are you sad? Well, this picture book has a really sad ending. So he, he climbs up to where she is. Um, and then he takes out a pencil and rewrites the ending of the book so mm-hmm. that it has a happy ending and it makes her smile. It's like, oh, that's really good. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, she says, what's your name? And he introduces himself and says, what's your name? And she says, my name is, and then her mouth flaps, but there's dead silence. And then he wakes up and he goes, it's been a while since I had that dream. But if you're going to show it to me again, at least show me some more. And then he just freaks out about it and starts rolling around his room and stuff like that. Yes. And yeah, that's how episode three starts. <laughs> yep, cut to the opening credits. Cut to the opening credits. Um, gosh. So, yeah, episode three um, starts off with them. Um, yeah, so starts off with them going to school. And um, Chitoge is just zombified. Because she spent the last two days having to field questions from... Th- the mob mm-hmm. who want to know all the juicy details and about and, the hot date that she went on and it cuts to what looks like a press conference photographs <laughs> are being taken she's in front and of the microphones <laughs> are being shoved in her, her face. face and he says oh you too huh so yeah <laughs> he's like yeah I, I guess we can both understand that can't we they so get each other <laughs> um and they so hate each other um but he uh so they go to school and they're just like, I don't know. I don't have the strength to do this for three years. Do we really have to do it for three years? Really? Really? And he's just like, well, at least we can go. At least we have the, uh, that's right. At least we have the option of knowing that we can just relax here at school. No one knows we're dating. No one, you know, no one, you know, um, there's no, there's no one here watching us. You know, we can just be ourselves here. We at least have school. And they open up the they door. Wish. They wish. They open up the door to their classroom, and he's like, he sees Onodetta, and um, and he's thinking to himself, oh, Onodetta saw us on the date, but she's not the type of type of girl who would, you know, blab to people about that. And then the entire classroom, just he sees Onodetta, and she looks up at him kind of with a blush on her face, and everybody in the class just explodes and starts saying, oh, you guys are such a, it's so great, you guys are a couple, you guys make the perfect couple together, and it a turns out- A spotlight, a spotlight shines over them, and then confetti falls. <clears throat> confetti <laughs> falls. And they're just like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? And then it cuts to uh, his best friend, who again, we don't know what his name is, says, oh yeah, these two guys who are named- um, <laughs> 
these two guys saw you while you were out on your date. Yeah, you guys, you guys look so great together. You guys make such a great couple. Yeah, and the guy, the guys are are saying, "Why are you with this loser? Why couldn't you be with me?" And the girls are just like, "Oh, you're so lucky to have a girl like her on your arm, you know, and stuff like that." And uh, they're just like, "What? No, 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 guys, guys, guys! No, this this is just a big misunderstanding. We're not a we're not a couple." And then they notice Claude watching them from the window. <laughs> so the entire class goes. A misunderstanding. So you're not actually dating. You're not actually dating. Yeah, and, and they're then... all super. They're all super like depressed all of a sudden, and they notice. And the only people who notice it are Raku and Chitoge, and they notice Claude watching them through binoculars from a tree branch right outside the classroom. Yeah, the tree branch is no, not mm. five feet away from the mm. window. There's a grown man in a tree spying mm. through the window at but them. Before and that, nobody we noticed this. We should probably say that he asks about Claude on their way to school, and she's like, oh, he's... I haven't seen him all morning. I don't know where he is. He's like, oh, okay, well, at least we're safe from him for now. Yeah, no, he's watching them through the... Because at the end of the There's... date episode, he's just like, something's off here. Something's really off here. The 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 end, the middle episode credit... Um... <laughs> Uh, the, the so there, on most anime, and you'll, you'll everybody knows this, is that they have a still frame. That kind of like this is the still, then the credits, and then another still, and then uh -huh. back to the show. One of those stills is um, Claude. Claude from behind, looking into the classroom with bird, 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 and nest on his head. And nest on his head. Yep. <laughs> so. And, and so then that's just a callback to this scene. And then they realize that they have to keep up the act here at school, too. They have to. And they're like, yeah, we're not a normal couple. We're a love, love. Like, we're a... They say a love, love couple in Japanese, uh -huh. whatever that translates to in the English version. It's like, yeah. we're, we're, we're a couple that have the hots for each other. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, you had us worried. And it's just like, oh, so you guys are a couple now. Oh, isn't it good to be in youth? Let's go ahead and start class, you know, and so... Yeah, the teacher's in on it. Yep. And is, and is encouraging their relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew it was a good idea to put you two together to take care of the animals or something yep. like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's something we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, at the end of each episode, there's a little, like, little gags of... Because um, it was um, Raku's job to take care of the school animals. Yes. And there's just little gags at the end of each episode where Chitoge has been assigned to help him as well and um she, he, she, he's introducing her to the animals and she's like oh that one looks delicious oh i wonder what part of that one i can cook you know and uh he's named the, he's named like 60 percent of the animals and there's like yeah. over she's like how many animals are there he's like 90 90 <laughs> you know <laughs> and she's right. like what uh-huh and you've named all of them uh, half About they half. call you your, you call them your family well, well that's why they're my family i have to consider their names carefully and then one of the animals calls out. He's like, "Man, Laser Commander Jeffrey, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, that's not the Laser, name, but Laser Commander is close. It's, it's close. close to Laser Commander. It's it, amazing. Yeah, and then and there's like a turtle named like Rembrandt the Fourth. It's like Rod, like I think it's Rodriguez the Fourth or something the like fourth. that. Something with an R. Uh -huh. so, something ridiculous with an R. He's just got a, and he's he yeah, he's got ridiculous names for all the animals. Like, and he's like, well, how about you start naming them? She's like, well, just don't don't name them anything weird. He's Nothing like, okay. Weird. That one's number one. one. That one's number two. two. That one's number three. Number four. <laughs> and he's just like, no, okay, just, just stop. But anyways, yeah, there's just cute little gags that you need to episode. Just learn the ones that mm. I've already named. Yeah. And he's like, oh, these animals absolutely loved me. Here, Mr. Kitty, here's your lunch. Scratches him. 
Here, Mister Pit Pigeon pecks his face. No, no, it was, yeah, it was a snake that bit him. A snake, a snake that bit him in between. Yes. And then, a, and, then the and then I think it's a it's a pigeon that just starts pecking him in the face, and he's just like, ah. These things despise you, don't they? <laughs> and then, um, at the end of episode three, Onodetta shows up to help out feed the animals, and the animals break out of their cages and rush her because of how much they love her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I missed that part actually i need to go back and watch that yep clip. but anyways um yeah so um that that's why she's like yeah i'm glad as i'm glad i sent you guys to take care of the school animals together and uh he um <coughs> but um so the day progresses and they're forced to be a lovey-dovey couple throughout the day as well and it's just killing them um and um he starts talking to um when he has a free moment, he starts talking to Onodetta again and says that, oh, we're not actually a couple, you know, like, why on earth, uh, you know? And, and she says, no, like, you shouldn't say things like that. That's going to hurt, you know, that's going to hurt uh, Chitoge's feelings. And besides, you know, you, you shouldn't have such doubt in yourself i mean she it's no doubt she saw something wonderful in you and decided to act on it and he's just like one there's nothing wonderful about me what are you talking about and then she lists all these things about him that somebody you know the yeah, so casual he, observer would not notice no, so he's clearly being observed by her she's mm. she lays down these compliments on mm-hmm. him on his behavior and things that he's done that mm-hmm. Clear evidence that like, she's she to, she's totally anybody any third party observer knows she's totally into him. Mm-hmm. Well, she's like, well, you 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 copy down your Japanese notes to help Chitoge out in class because she's not very good at writing Japanese yet. Um, you yeah, you help her out with that. Uh, you you can't... when the teacher gets people in trouble, you jump in to join in to help with the people who are getting in trouble. Yeah, like you when your when your friends forget their homework, you lie and say you forgot your homework as well, so they're not the only ones who get yelled at. Um, you um, uh, you you can't leave an abandoned animal by itself, you know. And she lists a couple other things, and she's like, and you know, those are some good things about you. And he's just like, how does she know those things about me? You know. Yeah. Um, and then and, she gets and embarrassed what, and runs off. Well, not yet. What uh-huh. hap- what happens next mm-hmm. is the entire time this conversation is happening, there seems to be a track team running around. Oh, that's end, right. A, seg- mm-hmm. a segment of a track team running around throughout the, the inside of the school. So they're going back and forth in the back in the background through the halls, and then so all of a sudden they bump into her, mm-hmm. and a key on a chain that's right. mm-hmm. falls out of her bag, mm-hmm. and. The look on her face as she realizes that she dropped the key after she lied about not knowing about that locket. Mm-hmm. And then she says, and oh, my, like, uh, my, well, my house key. I mean, I mean the looks... key that I thought it was my house key. It, that... Well, and he says, that's a weird looking key. That's not like it's and it's a big it's a fancy old school key. Yes. Um, And he and he's like, well, that's it's way too big to be a house key. So himself, he's like. And she picks up, and she's like, oh, it's my house key, like, immediately. And he's like, what? And he's like, no, 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 wait, no, no. I mistook it for my house key. It's not actually my house key. It's the key to, to, a, some, bookcase. to a bookcase in my house, you know? And, she's... and, and she she gets hyper-embarrassed and mm-hmm. runs off in the lightning speed. And runs off in lightning speed. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I've known her since middle school, and she's never behaved like this. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's up. Yep. I wonder what's going on. And at that point, he start, and then at that point is when he wanders over and uh, catches 
blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, Chitoge. Chitoge. Uh, making note. No, Not just no. yet. First what? he goes to the bathroom. Well, it... And when he comes out of the bathroom, the sign on the wall <laughs> is a triangle with his haircut. Yep. Yep. It's a downward it's a, pointing, it's a, it's a downward pointing triangle for male, and it's got, like, the head is his haircut. Yes. So, apparently it's a bathroom just for him. Yes. <laughs> because apparently he is the ideal male in this show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, but so, some, so ideal that he is iconographic. Something that, um, Ono, uh, that Onodetta, um, points out to him. Is that you're the only person that's close to her in the entire school? Yeah, like the, every like everybody else. Like I see her talking to people, but she's not close to them. Whereas you, she's very casual, very approachable. Like you two have a great time together. I I totally see why she fell for you. And he's just like, well, no, that's not possible. You know, she why? And no, then he starts. She wouldn't fall for me for these reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he, over he on his way, he wants to go talk to. Um, he realizes that he lo- he lost his chance to talk to her about um, the locket, uh-huh. and so he's trying to go find her. And the yeah, teacher says, so, "So he's thinking about talking to her about the locket, mm-hmm. and then he realizes that the conversation is going to go very directionally. That it's like, why do you need to tell me that mm-hmm. I'm the only? Why would you need to tell me that you're faking a relationship and you can't tell anybody else? Yeah." Mm-hmm. Then I'd have to confess my love to oh, her, and I'm not ready for that yet. That's right. We've got a, a very important thing uh, during the lunch break. He's trying to convince her to say, look, we can both just tell one person, one person who's very close to us about this. And she's like, oh, yeah, go ahead and do that. This is that, um, that's Chitoge. And uh-huh. she gets very upset, and she walks away. And then he's talking to his best friend about it. And his best friend says, well, duh, you're the only person. Like, when he, yeah. he says to his best friend, well, she, you know... Uh, it's kind of a hypothetical thing and he's just like well you know have a we we have a secret and i then uh, the only ones who know about it are us and i suggested talking you know getting to get some burden off our chests sharing it with a close friend so we have you know so we don't have so much of a burden on our shoulders and she got upset and walked away and his friends just like dude you're the only person that she's close with in the entire school you know like she doesn't have friends like you uh she doesn't have anybody other than you yeah and that's when he realizes that he starts seeing that you know she's had conversations with people and stuff but has always been uh, at arm's length with them and um he comes out of the bathroom and he overhears a group of girls uh-huh. talking about her saying that she's she's great but every time we talk to her there's like this wall about her well you know well maybe she's looking maybe she secretly looks down on us you know like maybe just deep down in her heart she looks down on us um and then he goes to, he decides rather than going to, and trying to find um, Onodera, uh-huh. he goes after Chitoge and he finds her in the classroom. And that's when we see her in the notebook. Uh, des- and b- before trying, the, the Simultaneously entire, trying mm. to learn how to write in Japanese because she's still struggling with it. But what she's doing is she's writing information about her classmates Mm -hmm. real fast though we should we should mention that the entire reason they're even able to be separate at this point is because claude is on a mission today so he like he he had no choice to not be there so they actually have some breathing room this afternoon um 
But, and she, yeah, she's writing down things. She's like, well, this person's really good at racquetball. Maybe they'll want to talk about sports. And this person's really good at this. Maybe they'll want to talk about this. Um, okay, the next time I see these people, I'm going to talk about them, about these things, and I'm going to have a real conversation with them. It's going to be great. And he um, looks at her and, like, he's just kind of dumbfounded that he's seen this. And he walks up and she notices him and she freaks out, grabs the notebook, and kind of dares him to make fun of her and she's blushing she's very very how much have you heard like how much did you hear and um she talks about how she can't make friends you know no matter where she goes like her life just keeps getting uprooted and all these horrible things keep happening and he's just like wow i guess two people who are raised in similar environments have similar ideas and she's like wait what i have those notebooks as well and yeah and he goes into detail about how Mm -hmm. he had a hard time you know going from Mm -hmm. school to school and uh uh, just associating with people that he ended up having to t- write these notebooks to keep track of uh, different people mm-hmm. and their likes and dislikes and mm-hmm. um, and had to use them but to become to, so that he would get to know everybody at his school so mm-hmm. that he would at least pretend that he could fit in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he uh, he's not really good at reading people. And, mostly, and, well, and not so, really reading people, but he knows a lot of things about people. He does, and he's a volunteer to let her copy his notebooks mm-hmm. or. Or use them and so he flat out says yeah that girl is good at sports she would love to talk to you about that and this other, and then this other girl is good at uh, is good at uh, scholastic stuff if you have any problems learning yeah, talk to her talk to her she'd, she'd be happy help. to help um and then this other girl would be absolutely would absolutely love to get to become mm-hmm. your friend yep and they um like he takes her notebook and she starts freaking out about it. Like, how dare you? Like it cuts kind of to outside. Well, it kind of cuts a little bit and they start arguing back and forth once again. And he says, um, we should make some real friends for you or be just, you know, uh, because we're, you know, pretty much just lets it out that they're faking it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're faking it. The, and the, the, that they're performing. That they're, we're performing. Mm-hmm. We're putting on a performance. We're um, and, uh, I forget exactly how the conversation goes, but he then looks at the notebook and gets upset at her because everything she has written about him is just rude. Yeah. And then we realize that somebody else was listening somebody in. was listening in and it cuts out and it see, we see Chitoge and she's standing there by the open doorway into the classroom. Um, and she just says to herself, performing? What do they mean? And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> And there's just this distraught look mm-hmm. on her face of something's going on and he, and something's not right and she needs to know. And you just feel for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and this is the point where we want to stop the show and uh, just go ahead and keep watching and just go out and watch it right now. But we're going to go ahead and wrap up the rest of the show right now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so you're welcome Yes. because, um, and that's to my brother, not to the listeners. You're welcome, Lee. Um, because when I discovered this show, I watched the first three episodes and knew instantly this is a show that we needed to talk about on, the, on our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I held off for weeks to have the opportunity to talk about this show just because we had some other shows lined up that we wanted to do. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I waited for weeks to just get the chance to have you watch the first three episodes. So the moment we're done recording, the moment we're done recording, I'm heading home to watch more of the show because I want to see what happens next. 
Um, Okie dokie. Yeah. So um, I give this show a rush home to watch it out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're not watching it by this point in our show, um, what's wrong with you? Yeah, seriously. All right. Yeah, that's it. That's it for Nisei Koi. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to watch more. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, we we, we will be watching more. Mm And what are we going to be watching for next week? Uh, Believe it or not, there is a uh, large number of classic anime that you've probably seen all of and or own all of that I haven't seen a single episode of Mm because it just is one of the things that I haven't gotten around to. Mm -hmm. And it's time for me to start uh, delving into some of those anime that I haven't actually gotten a chance to see. Good. So next week, uh, we're picking up the old classic Slayers. Slayers, a show that I watched. Um, I watched this show years ago. Um, our dad is a very, very light sleeper. <laughs> He's a very light sleeper, and he um, and I discovered this show, and I was watching it with uh with our sisters, mm-hmm. and we had such a blast watching it. But we had we we could only watch it at night just because we didn't have time to watch it any other time, and we just we had to do our best to be so quiet when it came to our laughter, because the show was so funny. Um, anyways, yeah, we're gonna be watching Slayers, the first three episodes of the very first season. There are five seasons of Slayers. Uh, there's Slayers, Slayers Next, Slayers Try, and then Slayers Revolution is four and five. Okay. So, alrighty. Okay, well, that's it for three episodes in. Um, and it moves us on to our next segment, uh, Recommendation of the recommendation Week. Recommendation of the Week. And this week, I'm going to recommend a band called Scala and Kolochny Brothers. Oh, okay. Now, what they are is it's an all-female vocal group with... Um, and the Kolochny Brothers, one is a conductor and the other is a pianist. Mm-hmm. And, the, and together... Uh, they, um, they produce cover songs of pop songs that are these hauntingly beautiful melodies. Um, if you've ever, if you've seen, so, so some years ago, uh, Alan Arkin, uh, wrote the script for a, made a movie called The Social Network. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a Rashomon style telling of the creation of Facebook starring Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. and uh, um, Jesse Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. The trailer of it, one of the, fir- the first trailer for that movie, featured a Scala and Kolochny Brothers song when they covered Radiohead's Creep mm-hmm. in a very... Um, it's not. It's kind of a whispery operatic. Mm-hmm. It's 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 haunting. It's beautiful. Um, they also do a version. Um, I absolutely love their version of um, uh, "Every Breath You Take" mm-hmm. from the Police that they did. Uh, and they also have um, and uh, nothing else matters by Metallica. Oh, cool. And so they have some amazing stuff, and I'll link to their uh, official YouTube channel on our on our website on WhitakerWeekly.com mm-hmm. when this episode comes out. Good deal. All right, and that leads us to our creator shout out. Our creator, our creator shout out. 
<sighs> I discovered this just the other day. There is an amazing Twitter account called Movie Goofs, and it's movie underscore goofs. Uh-huh. And these guys are comic geniuses. Okay. Um, they call out airs in movies. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to find a real good one of theirs. All right. Here's one. Oh, here we go. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 1981 TV series. Plot hole. After the universe ends, the series keeps going. <laughs> That's the whole point. Mm -hmm. Let me go ahead and find... I really, really wanted to find a Star Wars one. I'm going to paraphrase it here, though. But um, Obi-Wan Star Wars 1977. Plot hole. Or inconsistency. I forget exactly when, which one it is, but they say... Obi-Wan Kenobi claims that Darth Vader, that Anakin Skywalker, Luke's father, is dead. Um, however, we see Luke's father is alive and well throughout the rest of the movie. <laughs> so, uh, here's another one. Spartacus, 1960. Plot hole. In the scene where the Romans try to locate the rebel leader Spartacus in the captured slave army, most of the other slaves also identify themselves as being named Spartus Spartacus. The movie never explains this coincidence. <laughs> uh, 300. Character error. When Xerxes' messenger, Peter Mensa, says, This is blasphemy, this is madness, Leonidas, played by Gerard Butler, replies, This is Sparta. But the messenger was using the word this to refer to threatening a messenger, not his current geographic location. <laughs> So th this is what this person does, huh? Yep, 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 yep. Oh, fantastic. The Empire Strikes Back, 1980. Yoda, Frank Oz, says... I'm going to let you stop drinking for a little bit, okay? All right. We, we have a family tradition not to tell a joke while someone's drinking. Mm -hmm. For reasons. <laughs> do... Okay, Yoda says do or do not. There is no try. However, impossible it is to do without trying to do also. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's it's a family yeah, so tradition. It's just it's a very a very silly, very very funny um, Groundhog's Day, or like funny Twitter's account. Here's one. Here's Groundhog's Day. Right. Incorrectly regarded as goof. Each time Phil Bill Murray dies in his dream, he wakes up to hear the radio the next uh, in the next outer dream that he ends up fully skilled in real life from his dream training is not a plot hole but evidence he's still in a dream okay so their, their assessment is that the entirety of that movie is a dream sequence mm -hmm. all right that'll do raiders of the lost ark 1981 factual error after indiana jones reaches the submarine containing the ark the next scene shows him soaking wet hiding in a base as the submarine arrives but a human couldn't outswim a submarine over such long distances <laughs> 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 
No, he didn't just, you know, go into the submarine and then escape and have to he go didn't. under the water to get to the dry dock in that the mm-hmm. so, No. That couldn't have been what happened. No, he obviously swam, but there's no way a human could outswim a submarine. No. Yeah, no. No. I like to think of it that's the you know, movie goofs is um is uh cinema sins if it was actually funny. Ah. <laughs> Okay, so here is the outro. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Take that. I don't like CinemaSins. I don't care. All right. I mean, you Anyways. Know, sometimes they're funny, but they're just so negative. Yeah. Um, I feel that they try to go for the easy joke too often. Mm. Um, anyways, um, thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listen to YouTube, please feel free to like and subscribe our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Um, well, our, our site, uh, WhitakerWeekly.com, has links to both our Twitter page and our Facebook page. Uh, and they can find us on Twitter, uh, at Whitaker Weekly, one word, no underscore. Um, and that's Whitaker with two T's, like the new doctor, and, uh, weekly oh, yeah, as uh, in once every other week. We're probably related what? to her somehow. Uh, very, very distantly. We did do yeah. some research and we're about seven generations out from, uh, England, so. Eh. They, so, you know. Yep. Anyways. Uh, from English ancestors, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they can also uh, find our Facebook page that way. And uh, yeah, uh, follow us, like us um, for more content. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Woodworker Weekly. Have a great week.